So it turns out that if you're in the military, it's not that you can't do cocaine. It's just that you're not supposed to. But nevertheless, when Sergeant John Village, my supervisor, Green Beret, pulled out that eight ball of blow, a golf ball sized chunk of cocaine, my voice cracked and I was like, isn't that illegal, Sergeant Village? <laughs> and he repeated to me for the umpteenth time the, the real golden rule. I know you know the real golden rule. The real golden rule is it's only illegal if you get caught. <laughs> I've been sitting in this bar several hours earlier. It, it was the beginning of an extended 30-day Christmas leave. And I was staring into my beer, wondering how I was going to spend those 30 days. When he came barging through the front doors of, of the Britannia Arms, and he walked right up to me and grabbed me by the shoulder and was like, you and me, Stroud, we're hanging out, we're hanging out. And it is against military regulation to hang out with your supervisor. And I was like, isn't that illegal, Sergeant Lodge? <laughs> And I was more than a little intimidated, you know, because this guy was so badass. He was really like the closest thing to John Rambo that I have ever met in my entire life. I mean, this guy, when he was 14 years old, he was going to school in the wintertime in West Virginia. And then in the, in the summer, he would go to Thailand where his expat dad lived and where he was they actually enlisted in the Thai military as a fucking paratrooper. 14 years old, people. This, this guy was hardened. He was hardened. And so he wanted to hang out, and I was kind of nervous, but okay, I went with it. So we're at his house, me, Sergeant John Village, and his best friend, Rich Silva, and we're scraping this eight ball of cocaine. I mean, they're scraping. This eight ball of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done cocaine before. This is something you're not supposed to do. But he was my supervisor, so I had the perfect excuse to be trying it. And, and, we, and we're doing line after line after line, you know, just snorting and talking all night long, just talking and talking and talking and talking, and doing more coke. Oh, woo, woo, so exciting. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
And I said, you're in the mafia. <gasps> and, and, you know, we're doing a line. I'm talking to Toby. He's like, wow, that's so amazing. You know, I'm in the mafia right on, you know? And uh, he's telling me all about his family and how they used to run the sanitation department in San Francisco back in the day and, you know, the whole story. And, uh, and he asked me, well, what do you know of San Francisco? And I said, well, it just so happens my mother was born just north of there in Moran County, and my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, happened to run, manage the, the largest, most wealthy Chevrolet dealership in California, Ellis Brooks Chevrolet. And Rich Silva's like, no way, your grandpa's damn CeCe? And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>
came to see me graduate high school, which was kind of a surprise to me. And it was cool. And one evening, he and I, my grandfather and I, were just standing out on the porch, and we were looking out, watching this beautiful sunset. And he's smoking his hourly cigarette. And, uh, and he leans over to me, you know, it's a quiet, it's just a cool moment, me and Grandpa, right? And he leans over and he's like, Hey, Rye. Yeah, Grandpa? You remember that time when you were like two? <laughs> <laughs> and your parents left us on the beach. They went fishing. It was just you and me on the beach. You remember that? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> and I said, yeah, why? And he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts the cigarette out and he walks off. Now what the hell? You know, my grandpa has always been a real mystery to me. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time I saw my grandfather, we were sitting in the sunroom of his mansion, and we were sharing the hourly cigarette. And he leans over and he's like, I got something to tell, tell you. And I kind of cringed. <laughs> and he, but he said, Twelve months ago, the doctor gave me six months to live. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was like, no, no. He's like, I'm old. You know, my friends are all dead. I lived my life. It's over. It's good. I'm ready. Okay? And he said, and one thing, you're not going to my funeral. Why not, Grandpa? He says, because I want this to be the last memory you have of me. So I knew I needed to ask him some questions right <laughs> And the first thing, of course, was like, okay, Grandpa, down the brass tacks, you know? Like, the story is, you kind of fucked over Grandma and your daughters and ran off and lived in the wealth luxury, the lap of luxury, and they were all just poor and and you know, what's up with that? What happened there? And he was like, not what happened. He says, grandmother and I divorced, and we were divorced for 10 years before I ever had feelings for Marie. Okay. And then I asked him, you know, with a little caveat, like, Grandpa, you know, I'm not judging you, it's cool. I'm like, but, you know, I was in the military, and I left out the blow part, and I was like, I met this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, is the name Rich Silva, Rena Bell? 
And I remember he was like, no, I don't remember that. And I was like, well, he remembers you, and he's in the mafia, and he uses all the arts for him. Does that ring a bell? And, and he just denied it. He swore he, he didn't know a thing. Swore he didn't know a thing. And then I was like going to ask him about the time on the beach. <laughs> but I didn't decide I didn't really want to know. Well, it's a couple months later. I was standing alone on a mountaintop in Northern California, enjoying the shade of some trees right at the edge of this beautiful meadow. I had been hiking and I was just looking over valley, dipping in the valley, and all leading down to this gorgeous Eel River. It was an amazing, amazing, beautiful day. Bright, sunny, autumn day. And I was just feeling this breeze blow over me. I was barefoot in the earth and feeling, you know how it can be in nature, just really connected and just appreciating that moment. When the strangest thing happened, I don't know if when you die, it's heaven and hell. Sometimes I believe that. I am. Maybe some people say uh, it's like a cosmic soup and we're all reincarnating and coming back. And, and I, sometimes I believe that. I don't know, though. Right now, I don't know. Some people say it's just you know, your worm food, and apples, and that makes a lot of sense. Right now, I don't know. But I know that on that day, suddenly I felt my grandma. It was like I could smell the cigarette. I could hear the voice. It was such a powerful feeling. I actually looked up. I felt him looking down on me from above. I wondered, am I going to see like a foggy cloud or a ghost or something? And it was such a strange feeling. It was so real. And I just stared up. Felt him looking at me. And this went on for like a couple of minutes. And then that passed. And it really left me feeling very unsettled to the point that I hiked back to my four-wheel drive Land Cruiser and I drove off that mountain. I needed to talk to somebody. I needed to hear a comforting voice. I drove an hour and a half to the nearest town for that comforting voice. I called my mom from a payphone. She picked up. I said, Mom, it's right. Hey, right? And then she uttered the most comforting, strangely reassuring words. She said, Rye, your grandpa just died an hour and a half ago. 